If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Fish on a Hater. And I'm DeFi 250. And I'm Steve Seven. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP podcast that prefers cricket to baseball. DeFi, DeFi, and Steve. <laughs> I'm just so used to just going DeFi. But no, I should not just be, uh, like, I, I should be used to saying other names now because you're like the sec- 60th guest in the last three weeks that we've had. <laughs> Hello, Steve. <laughs> I was like, okay, I've seen like the episode list and a lot of them have the word like feet at the end of it. I yeah. feel like <laughs> this shouldn't be a new ball game here. Yeah, but... no. Um, so how are you? Uh, not too bad. How Good. are you? I feel, I feel like that doesn't get asked enough, you know? Yeah, I'm so glad you did ask. I'm, I'm doing great. We are recording in our evening time, Australian evening time. Uh, DeFi has for once had to be the one to get up at an ungodly hour to record how are you feeling DeFi? fish i have never once made you wake up at 5 a.m <laughs> it's never like once. my version of 5 a.m though which is <laughs> it's just as bad so like 7 30 for me 10 is to 5 for you. <laughs> 10 a.m is the start time but i have to get up earlier than that like a whole 10 9 30 a whole 10 <laughs> minutes before 10 a.m is when we record for you <laughs> I just, so do we do we start the round of applause now? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I've got my coffee. I am doing well. Uh, I am excited to record with Steve, even if it means I have to get up a little earlier than I would normally. But all is well. All is well. My eyes are healing. Things yes. Are good. So, Steve, do you want to give us a quick introduction? Most Most people, I feel like, would know who you are, but for those who don't, uh, do you want to tell us where you fit into the PvP community? Yeah, so um, if Caleb Peng uh, gave any indication, I believe this is where I give like a 15-minute rant about my <laughs> life history. Um, uh, <laughs> I, I do I do have one prepared. Uh, no, I don't. But um, yeah, so I'm PvP Steve. Mostly Sylph people probably might recognize my name, otherwise may not. Uh, but essentially, I started making Sylph Arena content back in 2019. So like four months, I think it was it was Kingdom Cup. So it was in April 2019. Um, and then that status quo didn't really change until, well, a- approximately this month where it is being forced to change uh, <laughs> because there will be no more Sylph Arena content to make. Uh, so if I stuck to the Sylph Arena content thing, then I... Um, I would probably have a lot more free time uh, <laughs> if that's what we stuck to. So, but yeah, I'm I'm mostly just a YouTube guy. Mm. Otherwise, I just I just live in this void, waiting for uh, GoCast to pull me up out, out of existence <laughs> into the real world. And finally, I'm out of the box. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sounds like a Barbie movie reference to me. <laughs> apparently, that's been going gangbusters. 
I just saw on Twitter that this last weekend was the fourth highest grossing movie weekend of all time. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Why is it that popular? Has anyone here gone to see it? I, I did do the Barbenheimer combo, uh, which I do not regret at all. It was a great, <laughs> great time. Uh, I will say that because uh, I, I tweeted about it, I did head in for some tiny little eye surgery immediately beforehand. So I, I walked out with an eye patch on my on one eye that I had to keep on for 12 hours and was uh, 40 minutes away from the showing of Barbie. <laughs> so uh, I'm try- Wait, know. I'm trying to work out if you're joking. You, you've had eye surgery too. Uh, yeah, no, completely serious. <laughs> We're twins. <laughs> I, I just wanted to be just like DeFi. Right, right. So you walked into the doctor's office and showed a picture of DeFi and like, can I have one of those, please? Yeah. Uh, can can you uh, can you maybe do this? Is this, this, <laughs> this something that you can do? Uh, but uh, I was not really prepared for that to be scheduled on the same day as the Barbenheimer experience. Do you want to reset what the Barbenheimer is for for those who might not have heard of that? Yeah, sorry, I forget sometimes that I'm chronically online. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Barbenheimer is the the new movie phenomenon sort of uh, level that has not been seen since Morbius uh, in the sense that Barbie and Oppenheimer, two very different movies, one about the Barbie dolls, one about the man who was leading the team that created the atomic bomb, both were coming out <laughs> on the exact same day. And so it has become a little bit of a, you know, an internet gag uh, that the two movies are a a double feature. And so me and my mates went ahead and did said double feature. And I think that everyone should. I cannot recommend it enough. (laughs) It was a solid experience. (laughs) But which one did you see first? See, I, I saw some polls online. And they seem to skew quite heavily into seeing Oppenheimer first and then Barbie. But I strongly disagree. I was like, no, you go in Barbie, you go in dressed all in pink, you have a great time. And then while you're sort of hip and joy and happy, you go out and you watch a three-hour movie about someone uh, doing some very, uh, well, morally questionable things for a bit. (laughs) (laughs) It felt like the right order to me instead of going the other way around and going into Barbie dejected. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah but then aren't you just like leaving the experience on a downer uh would, wouldn't you rather leave with the more upbeat one leave, leave them with a smile i think and this is actually so something i was worried about going in was oppenheimer is a three-hour movie i mm. didn't want to like sit down for a three-hour potentially heavy movie and then walk about walk out and be like oh I have to watch another two-hour movie now. Uh-huh. When you go the other way, you sort of you get that sort of one-hour fifty-four experience, sort of wrapped up nicely in a bow, and then you walk into a three-hour movie without recognizing that it's going to be a three-hour movie. Although I will say, and this is something that most reviewers have said as well, I'm a little bit of a movie buff, by the way. If that hasn't come across, <laughs> that it does not feel like a three-hour movie. It does keep you quite okay. engaged throughout, which is nice. It, it helps for the double feature experience. It's a Nolan film, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, oh, okay. Christopher. Yeah, oh, Chris. He's he's known for uh, some some pretty out there concepts. So, like, I I imagine that like this the the plot goes into like I know next to nothing about the film, but I imagine it goes into much crazier territory than just the making of the atomic bomb. Right? It's like it's not a documentary. Well, it, it's actually like. Very odd for Nolan in that it is a little bit more straightforward. Okay. It does have to cover like a very sort of hefty span of time. And it does, you know, do some classic Nolan shenanigans in non-linear storytelling. But broadly, it is 
a very traditional movie. It, if you watched it and you didn't really know who Christopher Nolan was, you wouldn't think anything different. Okay, wow. Now I'm thinking we did invite you here for something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think this is a movie podcast. If it has, and if it is a movie podcast, we've been doing this all wrong for PG many, corner. many years. I thought yeah. that's what the cast stood for in Go-Kart. <laughs> is this not a movie corner? Yeah, sorry, Steve. Uh, let's get into our GBL section, huh? Woo! <laughs> uh, yeah. Woo! Um, so we have been playing in the Fossil Cup and uh, Great League. So what have you both chosen to play, if anything? I have been playing the Who's Your Data team, which... He is so happy that he has a team that he made that other people are using over in the beginner to winner, the BTW podcast server. So I've been running Galissapod, which is at least something a little different. Uh, but then in the back behind Galissapod, it's double water. It's triple water, actually. Uh, Pelipper and Lantern. Okay. Is this just building off of your uh, Continentals team? Is that what's is that what's happening here? <laughs> it's like, well, double water works so well. Let's, uh, let's it, try It's great. Let's, let's try make triple. make a 50% more water. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I really, really like Galissapod. I like that it's different. I like that it has, you can play a little bit into just about everything. It doesn't get super hard. Like even a liquidation into Pelipper, at least like you can hit it because Pelipper is so squishy. Uh, you can X scissor the Ferrothorn. Like you can do damage to just about everything. What about opposing Lantern? How do you play around that? Um, in the lead, the recommendation that we figured out is you shield once and you X scissor and you can get it all the way. Uh, like you can get it down to the red just from shielding oh. once. Okay. And X scissoring by using the move X scissor and shielding once, you can get the lan the opposing lantern in the lead down to the red, and then if you let the Galissapod go, you can come in with your own lantern. You'll have to take mm -hmm. one Thunderbolt, but then you'll have a lot of energy going into yeah. the next match, which is unfortunate. Then if they have a Ferrothorn in the back, which is often the case, which leads me into. <laughs> <laughs> this cup is quite RPS, which when we say that, we mean it is a lot of rock, paper, scissors. There are a lot of Pokemon that unfortunately don't have a lot of play into each other, like Lantern and Ferrothorn kind of just being everywhere. Like there's nothing that La Lantern can do into Ferrothorn. Yeah. It becomes becomes pretty unfortunate, I think, with a lot of this. Have you had the same experience, Steve? Oh, I mean, look, I, I'm a coward. I, I, I see an RPS meta and I go, oh, uh, I don't know <laughs> if I can go in, guys. Uh, I might just uh, sit this one out. Uh, but usually usually I will just dive in anyway. And I actually, I was the, not the last meta. Uh, there was a recent meta that was sort of very limited, very RPS. Uh, it was two weeks long, a single type cup. I actually really enjoyed single type cup. Uh, I had a really good time and I was kind of not brave enough to try the same for this particular one. So I've just been an, you know, an open great league Orville, just a, a, a normal little guy over here, just playing the classics. But, you know, with, with one ex exception being that I am playing my 1000 CP carving. <laughs> oh, okay. And how's that been going for you? Uh, if I said prosperous, that would be a lie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Not great. <laughs> it turns out that there's a reason that they let you power things up to 1500. 
I thought that it was just, you know, for to make the number big and be, oh, number big, number good. Ooh. But no, it turns out you actually get benefits from powering your Pokemon up. So if someone could uh, mail over a whole lot of rare candy, that would be really nice. <laughs> um, I I have been doing fossil. Uh, no, no shame, by the way, in, in not participating in Fossil Cup. We give you our full clearance to do that. But um, uh, I have been playing Fossil Cup just because I'm on record uh, here as saying like I always always gravitate towards the restricted metas I have been doing quite well actually I've been running a team of Pelipper, Escavalier and Lantern and uh, Pelipper's been like really really safe the only thing that Pelipper really really fears is obviously an opposing Lantern uh, but most of the time when I have seen a Lantern in the lead I've switched into my own Lantern and uh, their lantern stayed in, which usually means they've got like two Pokemon that don't do particularly well against lantern, like a Galissapod, Jellicent, uh, Lucario, even with shields up, doesn't do particularly well. I mean, it does even worse with shields down. But um, you mean like a Galissapod and a Pelipper? Yes, that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, even the lantern leads haven't been overly scary all the time so i've been i've been doing some climbing i'm up uh around a uh, hundred and fifty odd points in the last three days that we works yeah <laughs> take those. i've been just treading water like three two two three three two two three at 2500 <laughs> that's where but i'm getting the stardust consistently so that's, that's like i'm consistently like getting enough wins to get the stardust and i'll take it I'll take well, it. It's also like an opportunity to learn, right? Because this is a two-week meta. So if you're sort of hanging around a sort of middling point, then presumably you can sort of start to gain some knowledge, get a little bit more confident in the specific meta matchups, and then, you know, maybe start to climb up over the next little bit, yeah, maybe. For sure. Uh, I just wish that it was a different cup, though. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like... There is, if it's, it's, I think it is really hard. I think I've been uh, kind of lucky to stumble on this team, but most teams like uh, Ferrothorn's really, really good unless it comes up against a, a Ferrothorn or uh, or just a steel type, another steel type in general. Like Lantern's spectacular unless it comes up against a grass type. You know, Jellicent's fantastic unless it comes up against Lantern or like there's always one or two things that will just so hard count. Like the Trevenant knocked out Lantern situation in Open Great League. Like It's just so hard to play against those specific hard matchups that if you don't read the team properly and you find yourself trapped against that Pokemon in the back, no matter how well you've been playing up to that point, you are going to you know, end up losing. So it's a bit of a difficult one to navigate. And like I mentioned before, I really don't blame anyone for not wanting to play it. I mean, look, I will say you are the person, Fish, that saw a meta that was quite condensed back in OCIC that has, there's got to be a scoreboard as to how many episodes can mention <laughs> OCIC. But uh, <laughs> you were the person that famously sort of brought a very anti-meta team and was finding some success with it. So I suppose... We shouldn't be too surprised that in a meta such as this, you are having some success. Thank you. Yeah, um, I appreciate that observation. Um, I, <laughs> it's uh, it's also a painful reminder that I'm not going to be able to do that this time around, like coming into Worlds, because <laughs> the meta is nowhere near as condensed as what it was. So I can't just rock up with my core breakers and be like, hey, guys. 
Who wants to battle? I mean, there's always Goldengo. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I have heard Goldengo has some play in Fossil Cup, being a steel type. Interesting. Jellicent would be rough. Yeah, I think it's only got to worry about Jellicent. There, there was one. Oh, Mud Boys. Mud Boys was the big one. That, yeah. Um, yeah. It's uh, like it's still got the Shadow Ball to hit back at the Mud Boys, but yeah, the say uh, Shadow Quagsire is going to be firing back those Mud Bombs so fast. I've got to be honest. I don't have a gold. I don't have enough coins to evolve one little dude. So uh, I, I didn't even. I wasn't even confident at what moves it has. I've just been running in a world that I've never seen one in my game. No one's ever tried to use it against me. And I've certainly nowhere close to using one. And I was happy living in that existence that I would be safe. But apparently in Fossil Cup, I would not be said safe. <laughs> uh, so I, I did have to look it up. I knew it had Hex Shadow Ball, but um, its other move is either Focus Blast or Dazzling Gleam. And it's not it's not that bulky. It's got a stat product of uh, 1667 at Great League level, which uh, puts it... I mean, that's glassier than a Trevenant, glassier than Frostlass, I believe. Yeah, I was pretty sure there was murmurings of it having some potentially in the future having some play in Master League once they sort of release its signature move. So that sort of doesn't bode well for it tending to perform well in the Great League. Hmm, interesting. What what is its signature move? Uh, Make it rain, uh, which is a very powerful steel type move in the main series games. uh, But that's potentially a long way away. Uh, Goldango Community Day and some yeah. <laughs> you know, in 2035. But yes. in the meantime, if you're not into playing the Fossil Cup, you do have other options. Uh, this week, we've had the Open Great League. Next week, in addition to Fossil Cup, we will have the Open Ultra League. Fossil Cup will get a little wrinkle right at the end after Polywig Community Day because Counter Polyrath will be in the meta. So that could change things just a little bit when that gets added. But overall, I think it's still going to be pretty much the same Fossil Cup. Would you boys agree? Yeah. 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 I, I, There's not going to be much development, I think. There's going to be a lot of people trying it out, I think. Yeah, I think for yeah. like a couple, the last couple days, I think it's going to be really popular. Yeah. But you've still got, you know, Lantern, and you've still got Pelipper, and you've still got... Like, I don't think it does that much better against Ferrothorn, does it? Not really. It's it's a little bit like one of those cases where you pick up matchups in certain cases, but you're still not winning them in a lot of other ones. And generally, it's sort of just a... It's a slight improvement in my mind. You're, it becomes probably the premium fighter in the cup if it's not already at this point, but it sort of doesn't. It's not like it's breaking the meta in winning mm. against all of the things that counted it. It's not going to completely dominate lanterns from now on. So I think that it's probably going to be pretty normal, except for, as you said, it's going to be more popular, which means that, you know, if you're looking to climb, might be a time to run some anti-polyrath teams. <laughs> Yes, which my team is already. So like Galistapide, you can just switch it over. I think it's Aerial Ace is one of its other coverage moves. And then the yep. whole team. Great against great against um, Polyrath. But again, if you're like, oh, a little too much rock, paper, scissors for me, you can go to the Open Ultra League. Uh, the top 10 in PV poke that you would see in the Ultra League would be both Shadow and Regular Registeel, Chrysalia, Kabalion, Shadow and Regular Regirock, 
Pidgeot, Giratina Altered, that's the one with the legs, Swampert, both the shadow and regular there, Verizian, Steelix, shadow and regular, and then specifically the shadow Walrein. We were chatting about it a little bit last week, how uh, the double Swords of Justice team, you can run like a Pidgeot, a Kabalian, and a Verizian, uh, and that's been really popular in the Open Ultra League. So if you're going to choose to run that, please let us know what ends up working well for you. Uh, Fish, do you think you're going to continue two weeks of Fossil Cup, or are you going to branch out a little bit? If I keep doing well in Fossil Cup, then I'd, I'd probably stick to it. Um, what about you, Steve? Remember that time that I said I was a coward? I'm even more <laughs> of a coward with Ultra League. Uh, so I'll be jumping back <laughs> back into Fossil, <laughs> which I maybe should suggest uh, that I should be getting some practice in Fossil this week. So you're always just going for the lesser of two evils. I'm too much of a coward to play Fossil Cup this week. Too much of a coward not to play Fossil Cup next week. <laughs> I'm a man of shifting allegiances. I don't want to tell you. Uh, I've got no conviction. Um, do you do you have a? Uh, I think I know the answer to this now. But uh, do you have a go-to ultra league team? So I have only ever built one proper ultra league team in my life, and it was one time that I did a duo stream with New Zealand streamer Yusei Ferro. And he made me build his team of Dragon Breath, Charizard, Melmetal, and uh, Swampert, I think it was. And it, you know, it, it did well at the time. But actually, I had a rank one Ultra League Melmetal just sitting in my account. And I was wow. like, I'm never going to play Ultra League, so I'm unlikely to ever build this. But he, <laughs> he forced me, the terrible, terrible man. Uh, but <laughs> it's not something that, well, I mean, here's the thing. I, I'm a big Silverina guy, have been for the last five years. And so that's where all of my resources have gone. Without the Silphorina, maybe it starts to open up those resources to build yeah. things in like the Ultra League, the Master League, potentially. We'll just have to sort of wait and see if there's other formats that sort of pop up to use my resources instead. <laughs> but, you know, maybe despite the fact that none of my history has involved Ultra or Master, maybe the future is bright or dim, depending on which way you want to look at it. <laughs> After the Fossil Cup finally mercifully ends, we've got from August 3 to 10 is the Open Ultra League continuing, plus Little Jungle Cup, a 500 CP cup where Pokemon do not need to be able to evolve to enter like you would have in previous Little Cups. Only normal grass, electric, poison, ground, flying, bug, and dark type Pokemon are eligible. Sorry, no Shuckle and no Smeagol. The PB Poke top 10 are Shadow and Regular Ducklet, Galarian Stunfisk, Steelix Shadow and Regular, Skaroopy Shadow and Regular, Cottony Altaria, Shelmet, Shadow Swinub, Scrafty, and Dubwool. Tiny, tiny sheep Dubwool. So a lot of the same Pokemon that you would see, for example, in the little element cup or the regular little cup, lots and lots of the same, but then you open it up a little bit to Altaria. Like I have a little cup Altaria, so we will have to see how that all pans out. I'll probably try it. And then if I end up disliking it, I'll just go to the open Ultra League. You know, I got to use Nundo the Ducklet. Nundo the Ducklet has to make <laughs> has to make an appearance. That's yeah, what yeah. he is there for. I remember playing this meta last time, and Skaroopy was an absolute nightmare to deal with because it gets to cross poison and aqua tail, I believe it is, in four poison stings. So that's eight turns apiece. And 
although they are both low damage moves, like Little Cup is a obviously things are only at 500 CP, so things get knocked out much much easier. <laughs> you know, two Aquatails and two Cross Poisons was enough to KO most things. So uh, the fact that Skarupi could get to those moves so fast made it very formidable. Any thoughts, you, Steve, on Little Jungle Cup having other options other than just, you know, your ducklet, chin chow, <laughs> cores? I do appreciate that it is one of those little metas, and there's not a lot of little metas, but it's probably the least RPS-y little meta that has been around because there isn't some <laughs> super dominating force. In saying that, I, I mean, look, I actually also really enjoy the fact that it is one of those, like, mixes of, one, it's got a bunch of, like, little pokemon classic in there like ducklet and skaroopy but then it also has like great league classics like altaria and g fisk <laughs> so i sort of just like the duality of man that is sort of built into the little jungle cup meta <laughs> um, but look as far as playing it it's again it's one of those cases where it's 500 cp takes its own resource dump i think that it's less because you don't have to power things up to level 40 or level 50 or whatnot but I'll probably stick to like the little picks that I already have, like the Ducklet, like the Scroopy. I'm unlikely to sort of go out building the G-Fisks and the Skarmories for only Little Jungle Cup and probably only, well, I was going to say probably only ever Little Jungle Cup. But, you know, that who knows how long Pokemon Go is going to go and they're going to need <laughs> a whole lot more metas as time goes on. So we may see a whole lot of variety in there. But uh, I sadly can confirm that I did not get a double that is low enough CP to be able to run it. So uh, I've got an idea. I've got an idea. How about a uh, team of Chansey, Blissey, Umbreon? <laughs> Anyone? Some people just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> uh, also, I'm looking at the uh, best safe switches in this cup. So Skaroopy... Uh, regular at number one and shadow at number three ducklet is at number two shadow steelix at number four and then number five i like this one eevee which we've talked about previously for other little cup formats that's one that like you wouldn't think is that good because like yes it's got quick attack body slam uh which are two good moves then its second move is dig which it takes 10 quick attacks to get there which is a very long time in this cup but uh, apparently, uh, I guess if you give it a bit of a, an energy lead, it, it suddenly becomes very, very good. We I remember Sosa built Sosa an Flow. Eevee last time. Yeah, yeah, Sosa Flow built an Eevee last time. Didn't perform the greatest. <laughs> Maybe something has changed. Sosa, you'll have to let us know yeah. if you can run an Eevee in Little Jungle. Uh, I like the fact that you can. I like... Yeah. Doesn't Just because you can doesn't always mean you should, but... The fact that it's an option is quite interesting. Continuing forward, uh, August 10th to the 17th, so during the Pokemon Go Worlds Championship event, I don't know about all of you, but I'm probably not going to be playing too much Go Battle League, but we might have a good reason to. It'll be all open leagues, and there'll be a Pokemon Go World Championship event Friday, August 11th to the 15th. We don't know anything about it yet. However... Last year, I believe it was pretty good. It was made it a little bit incentivized playing in the Go Battle League. I think there were PvP relevant Pokemon out in the wild. So very interested to see what that is going to entail. Yeah, I remember it being really hype last time. Yeah, I, I think it is 
maybe in a little bit of a way, not so much an event for those hardcore people that might be at the world championship event, but I think it is a really good event for people who aren't sort of big into PVP yet that sort of are looking to get involved, maybe don't have a lot of picks that sort of just need to fill out their roster a little bit more because I am, I'm, I'll put some money on the fact that it's probably a case that they're going to have PVP relevant Pokemon spawning again because that just seemed like a good thing to do last year. They'll probably do it again. And so it sort of opens up that possibility to get a little bit of a head start to run some things as you watch some of the best in the world playing in an open Grey League format to get an idea about what you know you might want to use and that sort of thing. So I, I like... I like that aspect of the presumed event. And I think that it's sort of unlikely that we're going to miss out too much by being there, I imagine. Yeah, I think so. Um, I was, I was going to say, if you do get the chance to play some Go Battle League, Steve, which two leagues are you too cowardly to play? <laughs> <sighs> oh, he knows me too well. We, we haven't even been here that long. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll be in Great League. <laughs> <laughs> um, big same big same yeah yep yeah. um no maybe i'll give some ultra league a go still no master league um i'd like at some point like the next time it's master premiere like i'm playing i'm playing some master league because i'm okay. getting there on my medal i'm at 833 out of a thousand master league battles wow and i've never done like i've never just like spammed master league in like trainer battles or whatever to get that medal up those are all from the go battle league yeah so yeah that's awesome i want to finish the medal in the go battle league i will get there <laughs> so it's just i just need the right meta because i definitely cannot build any of my legendaries because i don't raid um actually in the go cast podcast discord server um i accidentally tagged a bunch of people like hey who wants to do a shadow articuno and <laughs> <laughs> like that just shows how much i use the raid feature because yeah. i forgot that those are local only and then i was sad because <laughs> i couldn't do the shadow articuno without help um more or less sad than uh after watching oppenheimer <laughs> I still have yet to see either movie. They're they're on my list. Just right, I have right. not had a chance to. I'd like to be. I wanted to be able to see the movie. So well, a that's not bit. always a necessary factor. <laughs> uh. You had one good eye. You yeah, had. I, just, I, just, you had I was one good one. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Defy. Like all right, mate. <laughs> I, I was very lucky in my seat. I, I, I'll admit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. So I think that wraps up the Go Battle League. I think we can safely move into one of our last self-check-ins. Next week, I think will be the last one to talk about worlds. We And we have the person kind of organizing a lot of worlds with us. So at least for the stream Where? aspect. <laughs> so that'll be pretty cool to talk that'll about. Be me. But Yes, um, but we can just recap really quick Continentals. So we're using the exact same meta for Continentals as Worlds. So it's a slot-based meta. First slot has to be a first partner Pokemon. So like your Charizard, Blastoise, Venusaur, um, Swampert, that type of Pokemon. Then the next four slots are Pokemon that were really popular in 
the four Sylph Arena seasons. Then the last slot is a a mythical or a legendary Pokemon, the most popular being Pokemon like Tapu Fini and Cresselia and Defense Form Deoxys. So lots of different popular teams. And there is a very small pool of competitors. I believe it's only 13, 14, 16. That's it. Very tight competition. The very best in the world. So we have three competitors from North America. One is Dilap Chung, who is a play Pokemon world. In fact, all three of these are play Pokemon world championship competitors. Dilap Chung, Magic Mason, and Wadaj. From EMEA, we've got PVP David 07, 13 Geopi 37, and King OWT 987, all very accomplished in their own right. I know Geopi uh, appears on the Gym Breakers streams uh, multiple times as being one of the best battlers in Italy. And King OWT, I often see like right towards the top of the world rankings. In Latin America, we've got LNDS Bernardo. Paulinho Tard and Gerson Sanks. And from APAC, our neck of the woods, we've got Nyan Kake, Innerbloom94, and Rafiki Aditya23. Along with those names, we also have some other people who have qualified in other capacities. So Vroom Vroom Pow from India, who is the reigning world champ from 2022. He'll be participating automatically in the world championship this year. Ventuski, who won a battle tower uh, but because, you know, at the beginning of the season, Sylph were starting to get Battle Towers back up and running. And as a winner of a Battle Tower, Ventuski gets straight into this competition. Uh, also, the world number one and number two at the end of the season, Jay's fan and Aspreselto. Jay's fan from Canada, I believe. I think and, that's right. Yes, and Aspreselto <laughs> from Italy, another Italian, another, another Paisano. <laughs> so um and they self has also notified anybody who's uh i forget what the, exactly they called them but people who are like just didn't quite make it in case there are and in, in case anybody drops out at the last minute world's reserve that's what they called us i am technically world's reserve as seventh place Woo! in north america nice. So three people in North America. So all three of them in North America plus three more would have to not be able to compete that day. So who do I need to Tonya Harding for you to get in? (laughs) That is just, I am just fine watching uh, instead of competing. But very, (laughs) but I just, I thought that was funny. Like, oh, okay. But um, that's pretty wild. That's kind of, it's neat to be in the reserve section. But like, for example, like, again, there's, it's a lot, I think there's a lot of people on standby and (laughs) like there would have to be a lot of people to not have to compete. But that is an option because they want, they don't want it to end up being like a bunch of people can't compete that day. And Mm -hmm. then there's only, there's just fewer competitors. They want to make sure that people are ready. Uh, So we have a full tournament. Uh, Lots of different pot, like every bracket I feel like was pretty similar. I don't think there were a ton of wild changes, for example, between like Europe, North America, APAC and LATAM. There were pretty standard picks that I think were favorited in the starter slot. Like I remember in the stream, there were six starters listed that y'all talked about, but (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was really only Charizard, 
Venusaur and Swampert in that first slot. Like that, those were the only picks. Hey, hey, hey. There were at least two people running Chestnut. True, true. Uh, second slot, Natal Metacham and Azumarill were certainly the most popular. Uh, slot three, you've got Shadow Alola Ninetales, Umbreon in that slot as well. A couple oddballs, like some Galvantula, I think, some Probopass, I remember, in EMEA. I, I will say... Just just in case uh, that was not knowledge that is widely known, uh, the EMEA Continentals Tournament does have a lot of proper passes registered. There were no oh, proper yeah, passes that's right. used. It was there the were case no proper passes uh, used. I remember that. I remember <laughs> that. Um, Probo Pass was an error. If it was a Probo Pass, what was the actual Pokemon? A Lowland Sand Slash is what they were supposed to be. <laughs> okay. That is wild that that's a thing. Technology is weird, isn't it? I know. But yeah, there were a couple Alolan Sandslash in North America, but definitely the preferred ice type was the Alolan Ninetales. Uh, But some some Alolan Sandslash made it. I guess if you like shaved off all the Sandslash's spikes and then put a big bushy moustache on it, it (laughs) might look like a Probopass. Um, Continuing on. (laughs) (sighs) Continuing forward. Moving right along. Um, We have slot four, which was a lot of Lantern and Galarian Sunfisk generally. Uh, A couple ghost types, Sableye and Frostlass in that slot as well. I used Pelipper in the fifth slot. I think it was the more fun pick over Lickitung, which was definitely the most common pick across uh, that fifth slot. And then, as I mentioned earlier, we had the last slot, which was the legendary or mythical Pokemon, which again, really the only three choices were Cressalia, Defense Form Deoxys, and Tapu Fini. You know, I see a Regirock in one tournament. I see a Buzzswole in one. I There was a Mew. I remember a Mew in one. But pretty much three predominant picks i don't think the actual choices of the meta are going to change all that much i think we're going to still see a lot of the same like i don't think there's going to be much that's going to for example knock lick a tongue out of being the popular pick for slot five or mm. metacham and or noctowl being the popular picks in slot two would you gentlemen tend to agree like i don't think there's going to be a big meta shift Yeah, I mean, look, this meta is sort of a little bit of a weird, it's kind of like Open Grey League, but it's not quite like Open Grey League. It's an Open Grey League put into a slot-based meta with some like really, really big overwhelming things like uh, Registeel sort of taken out of the mix. When you have a meta like that, you you know, we've seen it in the Play Pokemon circuit. You don't get big, major meta shifts very often. And I don't think that we're going to see anything like that here. It's going to be pretty consistent. The only way that there might be some little changes here or there is the potential for people to try and play like five head and prepare for the other, what they think the other people are going to run. I think that Dunebug97, when he became Silverina world champion two seasons ago, he actually uh, spent a lot of time sort of watching back the VODs from the live streams of like the world championship prelims and also from the continentals to actually learn about how his opponents played and the sort of picks that they sort of liked and were comfortable with. 
And so if someone sort of wants to go that hardcore route, they could potentially try and whittle something out. But I, I think that it's probably unlikely in a meta like this. And we probably will see a lot more of the same, which, you know, I, I'm not going to complain. I mean, man, I love Finny. <laughs> I do too. Made me so happy to see Tapu Fini being a really popular pick. And it works. Maybe some people will choose, you know, double water just works so well. Maybe <laughs> people will look at my tournament run and decide mm-hmm. double water is a really good strategy. It was. That's the rumor going warning. Double water worked really well. You could try triple water like I'm doing in the Go Battle League. <laughs> Uh, Any other thoughts, gentlemen, on Sylph Arena Worlds, which is happening this upcoming weekend? I mean, look, obviously this is going to be the last ever Sylph Arena World Championships. This is going to wrap it all up in a bow, and it's going to be a pretty, pretty sad time. I think that it's, it's going to be an important moment in the sort of end of one grassroots era. I'm kind of hoping that a lot of people are there. But it's also like a little bit of a swan song in seeing a lot of familiar names in the world championships themselves. So obviously we have Vroom Vroom Pow who competed and won last year in the world championships. We have people like uh, Inner Bloom 94 and also uh, Jay's Fan 55. I believe that they both were also in the world championships last year. So they're sort of going for a back-to-back attempt at the championship title. And if my memory serves, I believe they actually both lost to Vroom Vroom Pow. So they might be coming in with a little bit of a revenge card. But I think there's sort of one major name that is in the tournament as well, and that is Ventuski, who was competing in the first ever in season one of Silph Arena. There wasn't like a world championships per se. There were three, uh, they call them world championships, but they're essentially three continental tournaments around the world at the, th- uh, not at the three GoFests actually. One was in North American GoFest, one was at European GoFest, and then one was in South America. And he was in that top 16, I believe, in South America, but was knocked out there. He then became the Latin American continental champion in season two, but lost to Speedius Chief in the world championships. He then became the back-to-back continental champion in season three, the first ever two-time continental champion holder. Uh, And then I think also lost to, uh, who was, I think that was Doonebug. So I think he might've lost to Doonebug potentially, Uh, but he got to the top eight, I believe in season three as well. So this is sort of his fourth attempt at the sort of world championship title it's a little bit uh, worrying because he sort of mentioned that when he tried to play Continentals, he's already in Japan uh, mm. and he apparently his internet that he purchased wasn't very good. And so he sort of had to drop out of the tournament and has tweeted out something about being a little bit worried about competing in the world championships, depending on how his internet is. I'm sort of hoping that he might be able to, with a little bit of advanced notice, find a better internet source so that he can sort of compete but I think he's sort of coming in as a little bit of a favorite in some senses, just because he's been there so many times. It's sort of like uh, something they said a lot on the North American continental stream uh, is the word hungry. And I think that Ventuski mm-hmm. is someone that is definitely very hungry for that world champion title. So I'm very excited to sort of see how he competes. And of course, you know, I've got some Australian bias for that in a bloom 94. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely got my NA biases for dial out Magic Mason and with Dodge, especially uh, because we get spoiled in North America with our regional streams. So all of these trainers have had a lot of like 
hero building like there's stories being <laughs> mm-hmm. told in the play pokemon circuit so i i'm definitely gonna be sitting over there like usa usa <laughs> <laughs> or canada i guess in okay. terms of dialogue <laughs> usa or canada usa okay <laughs> that's fine too that's okay <laughs> Someone did mention that Dialap, because he lost the first round and then like just clean, clean swept through the rest of the entire tournament. He did, uh, he's famously performed in the last two or three years. He performs really well when there's a cash prize on the line and <laughs> is sort of, uh, famously noted as doing quite poorly in other circumstances. Uh, his faction mates definitely sort of dragged him through the mud quite a bit uh, around the time that he performed well at the regional play Pokemon tournament. But uh, someone mentioned in the in the Discord that after round one, someone told Dialap there was a cash prize for Worlds and he just snapped into place. <laughs> <laughs> Realised what was at stake. Uh, so I, I do expect that Dialap might do quite well as, well as well. At least it's not the other way around. Like at least, <laughs> at least he's doing it that way and not like absolutely collapsing when the cash is up and grabs. What? There's a what prize? <laughs> oh. oh, no. <laughs> Whoops, my finger slipped. all right gentlemen well we have more than just self worlds in terms of like that individual format we also have two team formats wrapping up this week as well kind of all at the same time again like you said a neat little bow we have worlds which Caleb Pang, who was on two weeks ago, I don't think we're going to set the record. We haven't of Caleb stopped Pang. talking about it, and we haven't stopped talking about it. But he was on, and I just remember him saying, "Like, oh, if we're still in it." Well, <laughs> Cool Cats decimated the Blue Marlins this week, seventeen to four. Uh, so just lots like three O victories um, from DFH, Caleb Pang, um, Ramberto, T. Wastel, just three Oing their opponents. So very like incredible performances from the Cool Cats. So they will be moving on to the final matchup in King of the Hill. And then SoCal Swablu Gold fell to eat dry pasta or eat <laughs> pasta dry. Um, <laughs> so. That was much closer. SoCal Swablu 9, um, eat, what was it? Eat pasta skiuta? Shiuta. Shiuta. Okay. To 12. So 9 to 12 there. Uh, So we will, and that is Asper Shelto's team, uh, that who we talked about for, um, who was playing Worlds, right? They are the world number two in individual self. So that's their team. Uh, We'll be playing the Cool Cats. Also, 13 Gioppi, 37. Also in yep. the same team. Also there. So I think that'll be a really, really good final matchup for King of the Hill. And then we also have the Sylph Factions Worlds finals. We had the Elite TMs beating the Chicago Stars. Elite TM, uh, that's Soph and Dilap Chung, a shady equation. So lots, Hilda Clash, lots of really good trainers on elite TMs who had a very dominant performance, as well as a much closer match, uh, Northeast Battlers falling to the Metal Raptors. And that is Abanov's team, the Metal Raptors. Uh, I think a little bit of a, like, I wouldn't, 
like underrated, like a little bit more underdogs. They don't have as much name recognition, I think, as some of these North American teams like the Chicago mm-hmm. Stars, Northeast Battlers, Elite TMs. Like they performed really, really well as an APAC team. So I think that's what was left. It was three <laughs> North America teams and one APAC team. But then we'll have Elite TMs versus the Metal Raptors as our final. So I think that will be an incredible battle as well. Do either of you have any thoughts on either King of the Hill or uh, Worlds for factions? Yeah, I mean, look, there was a lot of rhetoric on Twitter about the APAC region and how well or not well it might perform. And I think it was pretty clear from the jump that APAC was sort of performing a little bit above their weight class uh, as far as the rest of the world was concerned with a really like just gargantuan lead over the amount of APAC teams versus EU teams. And I think that there was sort of starting to be some credit for particularly the Delhi Dar Meditans, who were a faction that was in the quarterfinals. But then in the quarterfinals, they got knocked out of the faction's world championships by the Metal Raptors. And I think at that point, uh, I was sort of watching North American slash European uh, people on Twitter just sort of not knowing what that means. Like, oh, does do we now apply <laughs> the hype we were putting around Delhi Darmanitans to the Metal Raptors or do we just start fresh and we don't really know who these guys are again? But uh, I think it's pretty clear after taking out the Northeast Battlers as well, which also like a really, really strong faction with people like Bosox Guy and Panic and J-Gent, like some really, really strong battlers uh, taking them out as well. I think that it's going to be a, a real fun thing to watch uh, with LETMs versus the Metal Raptors next. Well, I guess this coming weekend is when they're going to be battling. Yeah. And then because we're all wrapped up by August 1st, that's when Sylph completely sunsets everything is that first day of August. So uh, just about a week from this recording, which is crazy to think about. Do I have to remove my sylph.gg bookmark or like what's... I know. Like there was a joke. I forget who posted it, but like now when I go to my phone and I click on my tabs, it's not just going to be like 15 (laughs) sylph arena tabs anymore because that's always what it's been when I open my phone and I click on the tabs. It's going to be very strange. Oh, man. (laughs) But again... Looking forward to the horizon for future team formats, future individual formats. I'm excited for what the Zygarden will have in store for us. So that's our Sylph check-in. And uh, we'd, we'd normally give like a play Pokemon section here, but I don't think I don't think there's much of an update to give. I don't think anything's really developed. The It's still happening on August 11 to 13. That's not changed. Um so with no no further announcements on uh, regionals that'll be happening for the next season. So yeah, I think it's just a uh, watch this space for the play Pokemon section. Well, actually, they oh. did release a major spoiler for the World Championships in that Goldengo, Skyform, Shaman, and Salamance might perform really <laughs> well. So uh, maybe watch out for those. Yes. Uh, in all seriousness, that video was adorable. It was so well animated they released like a one minute long kind of hype trailer that was animated for worlds gorgeous like you almost have to watch it like frame by frame just to see how beautiful that hype trailer was Mm -hmm. but it was kind of funny to see in the pokemon go section a golding on a skyform shaman and a salamance (laughs) um but someone did a freeze frame and when you look at their whole teams in the background then you see stuff like shadow swampert and Alola nine tails and things like that actual stuff (laughs) stuff that we would actually (laughs) use but it like 
I don't know, like Sh- Skyform Shaman, Goldango, those are fairly new additions. Um, might be some fan favorites of Pokemon. Like Goldango's very cool. Like I'm very excited for its signature move, um, Make It Rain, to come into the game. I think it'll be like Goldango's just a fun pick. So they they pick some maybe fun Pokemon, but it was cool to see the the actual play Pokemon meta there in the background as well. It was it was a beautiful trailer, uh, very cute, very hype. Um, that highlighted all the different games. Anything else to say for the play Pokemon section, or should we move on to our mailbag? Just I'm excited to see you both there. Woo! I'm, in I'm person. Really <laughs> I know. I like the woo sounded a little weak, but like I'm actually very excited. <laughs> so <laughs> here's a little bit of a right? weak woo. Like I, I'm relatively sitting close right now to where the next door neighbors are sleeping. <laughs> so, I, uh-huh. so I didn't want to yell, <laughs> but just, just, just imagine that I've yelled. Maybe, maybe I can like make the microphone pop with a woo. <laughs> Ooh, much yeah. better. And me, much I just find it hard to get excited about anything. <laughs> <laughs> no no that, that, um, <laughs> okay ready uh yes <laughs> is, is a yes acceptable or does it have to be a woo i think it should be a woo i think a it, should woo be a, should, oh, okay. oh. it should be a woo well now i can't do it with everyone watching oh, i'll turn away i'm not looking <laughs> woo <laughs> i'm sorry I'm, i missed it i didn't see uh, you don't get another one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But again, looking, I am looking forward to pictures. I'm definitely going to be posting like in my Discord, on my Instagram, uh, stuff like that. So be sure that you are following along on probably all of our socials are going to have some really fun pictures on them from Japan, which I am leaving for in a week. I'm very <laughs> excited. <laughs> it's oh, like, is I, an like, E okay? It's an E acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> like I'm starting to see some of my friends arrive in japan already and i'm just like it's getting to be real like i'm really going halfway across the world on a 15-hour flight (laughs) yeah it's it's bonkers um yeah i I just keep looking at the date and being like wow it's it's that soon yeah because you both are going to be in osaka right for go fest that's right yes Yes. i'll be there so soon (laughs) i imagine for you fish that it it does have that sort of twang of stress involved as well (laughs) making sure you have your team ready for the date as well yeah there's a bit of a twang but it's also like i'm i don't have overly high expectations <laughs> i like i i put i i felt a lot of pressure to perform well at ocic but uh, now i kind of feel like i've proved whatever i need to prove and like i expect to be coming up here like if you don't know the story you know i got my butt kicked in the grand final and i know that everyone who is participating in this tournament will be at the same level as the guy who kicked my butt in ocic so it's like uh if i were to win one round fantastic uh, but like there's there's no way i'm gonna go through you know 17 Jakobovichs. <laughs> <laughs> to, to win the world championship so i i'm just i'm not feeling the same kind of weight of expectation on this one and it's okay Honestly. to not feel because i feel like a lot of trainers do poorly when they're they've got the weight of mm. expectation on them sometimes you just perform better when you're like hey i'm coming in like ramberto right what well, wasn't his interview like wasn't planning on doing well this weekend, I think. <laughs> Didn't Yakobovich say the same thing? Like, yeah, yeah. Made his team at one in the morning the day yeah. of. Like, sometimes that's the strategy. Yeah. Like, for sure. <laughs> the Kaiser 10 strategy of just, <laughs> I'm here. 
I'm here. Um, <laughs> so what's your strategy this weekend, Fish? Turn up. Yep. <laughs> Turn up and have fun. I mean, I, I rocked up to the Sydney Regional with a Whalmer on my team. Uh, <laughs> yes. Going, hey, I'm, I'm here to lose, guys. And uh, ended up top six. So uh, I, I, I'm pulling, putting full force behind the fact that that's the strat. It's prepare to lose, do well. I've never actually found this out, Steve. Did you use the Whalmer at all? <sighs> I was hoping to hide this dark secret. I did not use the Whalmer. You didn't use the Whalmer? Like not once throughout the whole tournament? Not once did oh. that Whalmer see the battlefield. <laughs> and in saying that, uh, in my last matchup, which was against Anacor 13 to, to make it into the top four, he was actually, he told me afterwards, he was really worried about the Whalmer. <laughs> he, he, he was sitting there stressing out like, oh, it's got really good neutral play against my team. And I was just sitting there like, no, I'm not using this thing. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of did though. Like when you think about it, like Whalmer has neutral play against quite a bit of things. <laughs> it's a water gun user. Yeah, look, uh, that's definitely that's definitely what went through my head when I was registering my team. Not not just the fact that I was really busy the two weeks before and didn't have time to make a team, and so decided <laughs> I'd just lose and have fun. Um, not that at all. No, that, that was not the story. All right. Well, that was considering we had no news for play Pokemon. This is this is quite the play Pokemon. That was section. a good play Pokemon section. Right. Yeah, did well. Um, so let's move on to our mailbag. Steve, can you, like, the sack's just behind you there. Can you grab that for us? Oh, hang on. Hang on. The, the one that says, oh, no, not the notes to Santa. The other one. No, no. It's um, it's not the one with the dollar sign on it either. Ah, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. I, was I supposed to hide that? Oh, whoops. Okay. <laughs> okay, I've got it. I've got it. <clears throat> Hello, fellow trainers and podcasters. I want to first say thank you for all the great advice. I enjoy the podcast big time. I re-downloaded the game this year after not playing since 2016 and have been hooked and grinding levels hard. I've also been diving more and more into PvP and I'm hovering around Ace 2081. As of now, I'm doing Fossil Cup, running Ferrothorn, Jellicent and Quagsire and have been doing okay for the most part. What teams have you guys been enjoying and would you have any tips or suggestions for the team I'm running currently? Thank you, Jeff, aka Ash Ketchum 69 Thank you so much for writing in, Jeff, and... I like your team a lot. Like, I think the way the way that you've listed it, if Ferrothorn is your lead with Jellicent and Quagsire in the back, I think that's a great team setup. Uh, I'm curious what moves you're running, but if you're running kind of the standard PV poke move set on everything, I think that's a really solid team. I like Quagsire. I wish it wasn't so weak to Ferrothorn, but yeah. Quagsire is such a fun pick. I've been seeing a lot of it. Um, all three of these Pokemon are really popular in the Fossil Cup. So I wouldn't be too surprised if we see your ranking go up using this team. One thing to note, uh, if you're practicing, depending on where you're at in your skills or anybody out there listening, uh, Frothorn and Jellicent both run three turn fast moves in Hex and Bullet Seed. So those are really good to practice considering most Pokemon that are very popular, uh, at least in the play Pokemon sphere or in really in Go Battle League, run a lot of two turn fast moves like Quagsire's Mudshot. So that can take a little bit of getting used to. But overall, really like the team, man. I do think uh, DeFi did bring up the Ferrothorn. I, I I know it's the proper pronunciation is Ferrothorn, but I just can't I can't do it. Um, it hurts my soul every time. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, DeFi did mention the Ferrothorn uh, earlier, and that would give I think the whole team 
a little bit of trouble. Like your best Pokemon against an opposing Ferrothorn is your own Ferrothorn. Uh, if you switch into either the Jellicent or the Quagsire and they've got a Ferrothorn in the back, then they can not only beat those either of those two Pokemon, but also come out with a fair amount of energy for the next thing as well. Um, not unplayable. I guess you can kind of hit the Ferrothorn with a Shadow Ball and then make it easier for your Ferrothorn to come back in and uh, thunder it down from there, but you are kind of spending a lot of your time and, and resources trying to overcome that Ferrothorn. I would probably say an Escavalier instead of the Ferrothorn might work better for you. The only problem with that, I guess, is something like a Jellicent lead might be a bit of an issue, but definitely not as much as what Ferrothorn is now. Yeah, I think that's really good advice as well. Uh, just switching up the steel, which steel type you're using in the front. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that I, I'm a big fan of the Escavalier swap because essentially what you're looking at is an ABB team where you have an A in the front of one typing, which in this case is the Steel Grass Ferrothorn, and then a BB in the back, two water types in Jellicent and Quagsire. Obviously, one is pretty weak to Lantern and the other one is not, but as you've said, they're both weak to the Ferrothorn. But Ferrothorn doesn't really cover the weaknesses so much of the Jellicent and the Quagsire. Something like a Scavalier does actually do a really good job at countering the uh, countering the Ferrothorn or Ferrothorn. That's the first time that's <laughs> ever come out of my mouth. Don't expect a whole lot more. Uh, but it's also got that drill run for things like the Lantern. So it ends up giving you a lot more coverage to the counters to your water types. So if you're leading with that Escavalier and maybe you have a bad lead, you can swap out into the Quagsire, for example. They swap into their grass type. And after the, the Ferrothorn beats you down, then you can bring that Escavalier in and have a bit of a better time than you would if you had your own Ferrothorn coming out. So I, I, I'm a big fan of the Escavalier swap. If you've got that sort of, yeah, I know it's sort of a little bit of a harder spawn to get if you've only sort of restarted this week, but if you've got access to it, I think it could be something worth looking into. Yeah, I'm just I'm just very happy that since you've restarted this week, you have those three really, really good picks for this cup. That's what I was really excited about. Like, oh, man, you just started and you've got like three meta relevant Pokemon <laughs> for this cup. Way to go. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Um, and as far as teams you guys have been enjoying, uh, have there been any metas recently? Any teams you played in those metas that you've been like, this is a lot of fun? You're making me remember what teams I've been using recently. It's hard, isn't it? it yeah, it's it's kind of like once it's gone, it's like out of your mind, isn't it? A little <laughs> bit. A little the, bit. I remember it's far too well. That 1000 CP carving. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really like using Shadow Swampert because it's something that uh, like just overcomes matchups that it has no right to like if you swap it in against a ferrothorn and you and they don't shield an earthquake then i think from there you can like shield and mud shot down to win back switch uh, like it maybe might even have to use a second shield but like either way you can you can win back switch that way same against a, a venusaur especially the shadow venusaur where i believe an earthquake plus mud shots completely ko's the venusaur so you can actually like even like the worst case scenario there is you gain a shield out of them. Uh, I think it's only like three hydro cannons to take out an Altari or something 
dumb like that i'll have to look that up so i don't give out any misinformation but it's uh yes shadow swampert is just a pokemon that i always really like using for that reason i'm trying to remember what i use in retro or like the one before retro single type yeah no it was retro i ran frostlass altaria and lantern and that went really well frostlass anytime i get to use a frostlass it's a good time it's a good time. Reminds me of like my original team that I ran in like the early self seasons, which was I think Defense Deoxys, Altaria, and Lantern. Mm. The original like fighting gobbler squad. I miss that team. And I think it actually can start to like work again. <laughs> it's all coming back around. It's all coming back around. The meta uh, is a circle. Um <laughs> I I do have to I do have to give a, a quick corrections corner. <laughs> um, uh, three three hydro cannons will take an Altaria down to fourteen HP plus the mud shots, but will not completely KO. Unacceptable. Say it ain't so. <laughs> Need another fourteen mud shots to farm it down because <laughs> each mud shot is doing one damage to the Altaria. Altaria is just too good. Too good, but still, my point stands. Shadow Swamp it very very good. In fact, it's ranked number one as a switch in the great league ranking so that's above like uh shadow charizard has become very very uh it's gotten a lot of attention lately because of its performance at the play pokemon tournaments and how good and safe that is but um uh oh sorry not as a switch as a charger which means if you give it an energy lead like swampert can do the most damage with extra energy in the in the league shadow charizard a very close second but shadow swampert is top yeah i think it would take a lot to dethrone shadow swampert mm. it's just it's so spammy it's so good <laughs> and hydro cannon used to be even more damaging i know the fact that hydro <laughs> oh cannon has been nerfed <laughs> yeah over time that's wild <laughs> how did we live like that yeah <laughs> um i believe it was nerfed before shadow swampert was a thing can you imagine mm. meta, in this meta if Metacham still had original power-up punch? Oh, wow, yes, because that <laughs> used to do more damage too. That used to do a lot of damage. Yeah, wow. Used back to be in like my a, day. Yeah, back in. <laughs> Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> um, yeah, because it used to be like a, a fighting type icy wind or something. I don't remember. I like it's because it's always done like it's always ramped up your attack, but like the damage I think was closer to something like an icy wind instead of the very small amount of damage yeah, it does now. Yeah. And it it was broken. <laughs> it was that that was the Wild West. Those were those were some those were certainly some times. <laughs> so look, the, unfortunately we couldn't come up with whole teams that we enjoyed, but we've definitely come up with some individual picks. Steve, did we get your picks? um i mean look i i have this locked into my head that it is one of the most fun times i've had playing with a pokemon and it's not particularly good most of the time sometimes it comes out pretty decently like in the retro cup but it's hypno and oh. the reason that i really enjoy hypno is because it's one of the sort of few places that it's not necessarily a moveset solved scenario. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of Pokemon that are sort of big and common in not just like the open Great League, but in every meta, there's generally like a, an agreed upon, this is probably the moveset that everyone should run. And there's always going to be people that go a little bit outside of that. You know, someone out there is running uh, a Thorn with an Acid Spray on it. 
but it's not the sort of agreed upon this is the best. Yeah. It's not showing up on any PB poke rankings. But Hypno's got a lot of sort of usable moves in there. It's got Thunder Punch and Ice Punch and Fire Punch and Shadow Ball and Psyshock and Focus Blast. And that sort of just mix of things makes it such a scary Pokemon to face sort of in the same way that Mew is. But I feel like even Mew sort of generally has a little bit of an agreed upon sort of thing with Wild Charge Surf. Obviously, uh, there are some famous examples where that was not the case. But I just remember I had a really good time in... It was actually in the Silph Arena when they had a regionals in, I think, season three, so about two years ago. And I was running a Hypno with Focus Blast, and there was one match in particular against another battler who's uh, who was really strong from the Sydney region who two games in a row got Focus Blasted on their Bastiodon. Because <laughs> uh, the first time they were like, I, I'm not expecting Focus Blast. Boom, gone, game one. And then game two, they were like, there's no way he's up to another Focus Blast. <laughs> Boom, bang, bang, gone, game one. And I think that Pokemon that allow you to get those big nukey sort of moves off in a little bit of a surprise factor, that is one of my favorite things in the game. So from a pure personal enjoyment factor, I'm I'm a big hypno stan, always will be, and I look forward to more matters in the future that make hypno a little bit more relevant. <laughs> yeah, the surprise factor is the thing I wanted to comment on. Like, if you can play something that your opponent is like, what is this? And doesn't, <laughs> like, they don't know the counts, they don't know, like, sometimes you can catch an opponent off guard just by, like, the typing. Uh, for example, Galissapod. I had mm. trainers, like, drill run. <laughs> my Galissapod. Like, I've had that happen. Like, I come against a, an Alolan Sandslash or something. So, trainers just like not knowing exactly what to do in the moment, that can give you a lot of advantage and it's fun. It just brings a smile to your face to run something like you imagine the trainer. Like, sometimes you see like they stop tapping for a second and they're just looking like, what <laughs> is on my screen? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That that is a very fun phenomenon as well. I agree. Oh my goodness! I just had the horrifying realization that there are going to be people running. There's going to be Bastiat on Carbank cores now. Oh, <laughs> that's what that just made me think of. Like a Bast, like ABB. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, ABB. Oh man, yeah, that will be a thing. When oh no, oh and no, one Pokemon's not going to be enough. No, oh. you need like a team of six. Full Pokemon to take out both Basti okay. and Carbon. I'm making a big call. Power Up Punch Medi is coming back. <laughs> <laughs> In a big way. But even still, like, you'll need to double shield the yeah. Medi. You have oh, to shield so the wild. Medi. And that's how one Pokemon destroyed Great League. Yeah. Like, imagine, like, all, all these things that, uh, you know, Twitter, uh, Niantic makes uh, any decision and Twitter's like, well, you just killed Pokemon Go. No, no. The release of this one Pokemon, that was what killed Pokemon. It's always the thing you least expect, isn't it? Yeah. A car bank. <laughs> Wait, hang on, guys. I figured out how to fix it. No, I think it just has to make one change. Give Metacham Boom Burst. Yes! It's the change we've been begging for. <laughs> Please, Niantic. Hashtag here is Niantic. <laughs> Justice for Boom Burst. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, the power of DeFi's and my voices got wooloo saved <laughs> now we can <laughs> now we can get this move put on metacham to really make a difference please use your influence to make this happen Thanks, guys. 
So that is our mailbag. Thank you, Jeff, for writing in. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed that discussion, which was a bit tangential, sorry. But yeah, I hope that uh, we did give you what you were hoping for with that question. Time for our shameless plugs. Uh, because we are recording so soon after the recording of the last episode, we haven't had time to accrue any new milestones and achievements in the Pallet Town and GoCast Discord servers. So moving straight on to our streams. Oh, we could make some up. <laughs> Congratulations to PvP Steve for his 13,000th Great League win. Woo! Uh, congratulations to DeFi250 for being able to see the battle screen. Exactly. <laughs> well, done. well done. And streams, videos, anything upcoming that we'd like to plug? I think if I just put it out into the universe that I'm going to stream consistently this week before leaving for Japan, maybe if I say it now, <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> perhaps um, but otherwise i would say just watch my socials um i'm on threads as well i gotta put that in the link i gotta put that in my um in my link tree yeah i gotta put yeah, threads same. in there <laughs> um but i'm on and i suppose i could take off my sylph card you know, I don't like it. Don't I don't like to. it at all. I've worked. Well, is, are we still going to be able to access it or is that just going to become a dead link? I'm actually a little unclear because they said at one point uh, when they sort of announced that Sylph was closing down, that Sylph cards would be archived in mm. some way. So I don't know if that's going to be like shoved into a different website or something, or if it's just going to be the same links. A little bit unclear. I guess we'll find out soon. <laughs> because <laughs> this is the best of it like there were obviously it was a smaller trainer pool for this season um less people playing individual self but i finished number 29 in the u.s like that's that's pretty good 132 globally yeah like my spice index is a 29 you have like sure you can mention the fact that there's a smaller competitor pool but the fact that you performed incredibly well in the north american continental championship where you are still getting like all of the best of the best sort of coming into one spot, surely sort of makes it clear that you're definitely a very, very talented battler. So regardless of addendums and asterisks, I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) And it is cool. (laughs) It is cool to see, like, if you go through the seasons, like season one, globally, I finished 2,854. (laughs) And then like, it slowly gets better every season. Yeah. Yeah. Same with me. I also am going to be sad to lose my uh, handshake network. I mm. was starting to get a really nice little starburst of trainers that I've done the self handshake with. I'm a little bit extra sad because, so I, uh, you know, and very grateful for everything that Sylph's done. Um, but one additional thing that I'm grateful for is that they sort of, I want to say early this year, uh, time on the internet's weird, so I could be so far off on that. But I think it was early. Actually, I am lying. It was early last year. Man, time wow. is weird. But they, they gave is... me a, a handshake badge. And so, like, if you hand, if you did a self handshake with me, then you would get, like, a PvP Steve badge on your training card. And I think I'm, like, five short of hitting the number one less than 70. Uh, <laughs> and I'll just never get there now. <laughs> Uh, we all had to make sacrifices. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why self-closing down is big to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so to close, uh, wait, no, what, what do you have to plug? <laughs> um, yeah, I was going to, well, first, fish first. 
Like, uh, Let's leave our guests for last. Okay, actually, no, I do have one thing. I uh, I have finally figured out it's a very like roundabout way of doing it, but I'm kind of uh, streaming on TikTok now as well. So Pal- oh. Town PVP has had a TikTok account for a while. And every now and then, maybe every like couple of weeks or so, we've been posting these really cool play of the day videos, which just like breaks down this really one cool moment in the battle that, that won the battle for that trainer. Um so I might actually plug that while I'm here too. If you've got battles, if you are, say, battling and you are, you have the ability to record on your phone, most phones these days do have inbuilt recorders, record your battles and send them through to us. At, you can just use the GoCast email address. That does come straight to me. Um, we, we can feature that on the TikTok and YouTube channel as shorts as well. We'll do a cool little breakdown of what made the moment so great. Other than that, yeah, like I said, I am streaming onto that channel as well. Uh, that is Sunday and Monday night Australian time or Sunday and Monday morning US time. So PVP Steve, this is your moment. What would you like to shout out? Um, so I mean, obviously, number one, major plug. Follow the GoCast podcast uh, on all your podcast. That's number one, top of the pile. Uh, but you know, if, if you want to follow me around, um. On YouTube, PVP Steve. On Twitter, I mean PVP Steve One, because my name wasn't original original enough. Uh, I really wish I could go back in time and change it. But regardless, <laughs> here we are. Um, and the only other sort of uh, major thing is that, uh, as Fish mentioned, maybe two weeks ago on the podcast, I've started up uh, another podcast, uh, the G'day Battlers podcast, with uh, one of the loveliest human beings on the entire planet, Debbie Pebble. Uh, and so we've just put out sort of a, I guess you could call it a mini series uh, with four episodes talking to each of the winners slash runners up slash world invitees from the Australian Play Pokemon regional tournaments, including one person on this call. Although I don't remember talking to DeFi, but uh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't wait any longer for the pod to come out on google podcast so i ended up going to spotify and <laughs> okay here's the thing it's actually like as we speak it seems to currently be live on google podcasts really but addendum it's showing up as a weird thing where you have to be logged in and be confirmed to be over the age of 18 to be able to watch it which also maybe i i only like found this out maybe in a couple of hours ago but when i typed in GoCast podcast, Google podcasts. It came up with the same thing that you had to be logged in and over the age of 18 to be able to tune in on Google podcasts. So I don't know if there's something weird going on on the Google podcast front, if that's been normal for a while. So those drinking stories that we give. Uh, (laughs) I don't know, but it's technically on there now if you're logged in and over the age of 18. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Fish and I are the only like Google podcast listeners, I think. In the world. In the world. So it's fine. It's just, okay. it's really just us. I actually really love Google podcasts. And the thing that I love the most about it that a lot of podcast apps don't seem to have, which I don't really understand, is the ability to speed up. I, I'm the type <laughs> of person who literally watches my entire YouTube catalog on times two. 
Like regardless of how fast a talker they are, I'm on that times two efficiency grind. Get twice as many videos in here. I want maximum entertainment, <laughs> efficiency, efficiency, efficiency. And I, you know, I sort of do that for podcasts as well. Millennials. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm this TikTok generator. I don't even have TikTok, by the way. So, uh, I've somehow managed to rot my brain anyway into a terrible attention span. I I don't know how I've done it. But. So you're a millennial and a boomer. Oh man, I'm the worst of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I I am a Google podcast appreciator. If only I was over the age of eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was using a an app called Player FM, which I really liked because like uh, it would allow me to create playlists um, of of audio files that were just like already on my phone. So like I I might have I might want to listen to something that wasn't actually part of my n- normal podcast feed, and so I'd just add this into the playlist, and it had that really nice functionality, which I haven't found with any of the other apps. But the other problem with Player FM was that nothing was on it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I eventually made the switch to Google Podcasts just because like, I could actually find new podcasts that I wanted to listen to. A hard move, but a probably <laughs> necessary move. Yeah, yeah. It was for the greater good. So <laughs> we love hearing from you. If you have any questions or suggestions for myself or DeFi, you can direct that to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com or videos for our Play of the Day series on TikTok. Uh, You can also send us voicemail or physical mail to the GoCast PO box. Take a look at the show description for the phone number or the PO box address. In the show description, you can also click on more fish or more DeFi to take you to other projects and ways to contact us. And we'll also have a cute little link there to take you to Steve's other stuff as well. Aww. Steve, do you want to take us out? <gasps> Can I? Do, do I get to say it? I think so. <gasps> May the leads be ever in your favor. Yes. Oh, Arceus, help me. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> uh.